Welcome to the Sunflower Conversations, where we explore the hidden disability sunflower and its role in supporting people with hidden disabilities. Hey guys, my name is Paul. Uh, with us today, we've got Chantelle. How are you doing, Chantelle? I am doing really, really well. Thanks, Paul. How are you? Very well. Today, we're going to be talking to Aisha. How are you doing, Aisha? Nice to speak to you. Hi, Paul. Hi, Chantelle. I'm good. Thank you. Welcome, welcome, and thanks for, for taking the time out to talk to us to, today. So Aisha is a peer educator from Kidney Disease UK, um, and she advocates for BAME, which is Black, Asian and Minority Ethnic um, Kidney Donors. Um, Aisha has kidney disease. Kidney disease is a silent killer, uh, and there is currently no cure. There are 3 million people in the UK with it right now, and the number of people with kidney failure continues to rise. Um, welcome, Aisha. Can you just explain and introduce yourself, please, a little bit about your condition? Hi, um, everyone. My name is Aisha. I'm 49. I have kidney disease. Now, um, uh, there are different types of kidney disease. I have something that's called FSGS and um, that's focal segmental glomerosclerosis, um, if I've got it correctly. <laughs> um, so that is um, a condition that affects the uh, rate of filtration through the kidneys. Both of my kidneys are damaged and um, I was diagnosed with it. Firstly, it was picked up when I was pregnant with my first son um, 23 years ago. Um, nearly 24 years ago now and um i i didn't to be honest i re really didn't know how how the journey was going to pan out as we are here today um so we'll cover that um so yeah i've i've, I've lived with it for quite a while i am now at um stage 4 um and in need of a living donor so that's where we're at today how far back was it that it start, started well, during the pregnancy, I had preeclampsia. And um, with preeclampsia comes the high blood pressure, the protein in the urine, the, um, the outer breath, and the fact that I swelled up quite early on in the pregnancy. For about 22 weeks, I was being monitored quite, um, quite closely. Uh, I don't know why. They just said I had preeclampsia. I didn't even know that preeclampsia was a killer in pregnancy. Um, it can it can harm the baby and uh, mum. So me being only 25 and pregnant, I, I was completely unaware of it. So immediately I was put under a renal consultant and um, Prof. Calra um, at Salford Royal. And he has looked after me right up until COVID, till I went over to the transplant team. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it was... It, we've been he's been my consultant all through the whole journey your kidney condition was that <laughs> triggered from pregnancy we don't know it was it was flagged when it was when I was pregnant um, there isn't enough study into FSGS to show whether it's a genetic disorder uh, whether it's been passed on genetically or whether I have developed it um, the, there just isn't enough research to show that yet but the symptoms for it, did that start to become evident and, and come out at that point? Is that when you sort of had a, you suddenly went, something's not right here? 
No, even during pregnancy, I was in baby mode. I, I didn't have a clue. I was uncomfortable. I was throwing up. Uh, I was dehydrated. Um, I didn't have a, I was constantly in hospital because of the dehydration. Straight after Max was born, three months after they allowed my body to, body to recover, three months after I was in for a biopsy. Um, and that is when they um, clarified and, and confirmed that I have um, the disease. And um, which, again, kind of because I was a new mum, you know, juggling a job, going back to work. And I didn't really it kind of went over my head because I was going back to normal. There was no real symptoms because I was flagged at stage three, two A, two B, three slash two B, three. So it's quite early to be diagnosed with it. And. At that point, all I was given was a tablet just to uh, slow the filtration rate down. If somebody has preeclampsia, does that mean there's something is not, their kidney is not functioning properly? One of the signs of preeclampsia, it puts pressure on your kidneys to function. So you're growing a baby and it puts pressure on all your organs. Anything that you put in your body, the medication, the food, the juice, anything, it has to filter through the system, okay? So my filtration rate, and we're as a normal person in a normal pregnancy, your filtration would be quite good. Um, and as they say in a young person, your filtration rate would be quite high in the 80s, 80s 90s, you know, between 17 and no one's ever 100%, apparently. Because mm. as we get older, it drops. Mm. So um, by the time we're pregnant and having babies, our bodies have already been through so much and um, your filtration rate will be about um, anything from 70 to 90, okay? And that's normal. However, with mine, because I had high BP, the dehydration, the protein in the protein, the creatinine level was affected, the urea, everything flagged up because they had to do weekly bloods, Um so it turns up that in the weekly bloods, and that is how it was flagged, um, not just the preeclampsia with the swelling in the face and the swelling in the body and fingers, hands, everything, but um, the bloods confirmed that I had yeah, something going on with the kidneys. Most pregnancies, you don't actually, you're not thinking about your kidneys. It's, you know, although it's a, it's a vital organ, you're thinking about carrying that baby safely. You're thinking about not throwing up. <laughs> You're thinking about what you can keep down. Yeah, I mean, probably it's a good point to actually say, like, well, what are the kidneys for? They keep the body, the whole body healthy and working um, from the heart and skin to the bones and the digestive system. They clean all your blood 40 times a day. Wow. incredible and they also regulate your blood pressure it's yeah. the most amazing organ in the human body yes. so it is absolutely vital and people i don't think actually understand how vital the kidneys are and how much work they do for us is it all just one type of kidney disease or are there no. many so there are different forms of it Okay, so that leads to kidney disease. There are different paths that would lead you to that. Um, so yeah, there there are lots out there, but the main the, the main one is the chronic kidney disease. CMV is treatable, treatable, um, whereas um, FSGS is not um, is not tr is, is treatable with a transplant. But again, 
we'll cover this again another, yeah. another question when you have a transplant your journey with kidney disease doesn't end that is um that is not the end that is that is just a, tr- a form of treatment for you people tend to think that having a transplant is the end of the journey and wow we it's all done you're back to normal no when I was pregnant I found out it like I said it kind of went over my head because I was still able to work have more kids and um it didn't affect my life at that stage when you get to stage four and five which is uh, end and transplant and failure so you are you are heading towards dialysis, which which is um, what I'm trying to avoid by looking for a living donor and educating people. Um, but you can be on dialysis for a very long time, and many people, due to the waiting lists, as we know how high they are, and um, possibly triple the time for BAME communities, do pass away wait while waiting on the list. Okay. Uh, so the education is needed vastly across communities, schools, uh, young adults and adults um, to just to make people wear, you know, shades bare. May I ask you, because you're a peer educator and you're talking yeah. about education there. So what exactly um, do you do as a peer educator? As a peer educator, we are launching, which we should have launched um, over COVID, so we're a little bit behind. Um, we are going into communities, um, organising events um, to speak to groups, peer groups, um, like schools, colleges, uh, anybody that will have us that we can come, come talk to, um, whether it's a women's group as well, um, rotary clubs, anywhere, to go and talk about um, kidney disease. Some people live with that with kidney disease and um, never know they have it until it's too late. So um, they don't know what to watch out for. Um, and sometimes there, were, there aren't any signs like there wasn't for me. I didn't have a clue I had it. You know, if I had, wasn't pregnant, I might not have not been diagnosed with it till it was too late. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people need to understand what it means, not just to themselves if they are diagnosed, but to the families, how they are um, looked after, uh, physically, mentally, how it affects them, and um, perhaps how they would need to talk to their employees about um, putting in measures to protect them um, and to help them along with their journey. Because if they are diagnosed with it, it's um, it can be physically and mentally draining as it, as the road goes ahead. Yeah. So let's talk about your diagnosis. What types of tests you said? So you had um, a biopsy. So the first initial step for me, and it's not necessarily the same with everyone. I was, um, he was desperate to do a biopsy. That was his first thing. And the biopsy is where they take cells out of the kidney to um, double check that the cells are showing what the blood tests are showing. So mine was straightforward. It literally, again, I don't remember much of it, Chantal. I just had a new baby. So I was just like, yeah, get on with it. I have no fear of the doctors. I was in and out anyway of hospital during my pregnancy. So, and I've always been like that. If you need to do something, just get on with it. So um, for me, at the beginning, it was much easier to handle um, to go in to give a blood and stuff. Um, So I went in 
I lay down um, on my back. They did like an epidural type biopsy. So they had to numb the area and take the, take it out. And um, the results were very quick. Um, and I was told within three weeks. So somebody having a similar experience where they would initially have the blood tests and then this biopsy that which then fairly quickly gives the um, experts an indication of what the rate of deterioration is. And yes. then you start on a on a course of medication. Yeah, we, we are hoping um, as Kidney Research UK and um, the charities, which we'll talk about later, that the patient journey is subsequently the same for anybody that comes in to be diagnosed. If um, someone's constantly talking about backache and UTIs and um, they don't know whether they're having um problems down below they should ask just to be referred to a urologist and a, a renal consultant let's just run through those those um those kind of identifiers those symptoms again utis so that's a urinary tract urinary tract infection <laughs> isn't it so yeah. a urinary infection. infections as a child i kept getting utis and mum and dad didn't know why and back in the 80s, there wasn't a lot of studies going into UTIs in children. So they, they, they treated it with uh, antibiotics and uh, cranberry juice. And that's all I remember. I don't remember much. Um, and so when I look back, perhaps I'd already got it. And then as a young adult, I didn't see anything. You know, nothing happened. Um, they kind of settled down and... Every time, um, as I did my research, I found out that every time you have a urinary tract inspection, if it's not, if it's left untreated, the bug can travel into your kidney and, and it can become a kidney infection. And every time you have a infection in your kidneys, your kidneys are fighting to filter that infection out. It's going to go yes. away. Yes. And it is then it can leave the actual kidneys slightly scarred teeny weeny bit of scarring so um that may have happened to me but obviously there's not enough studies to show that and so I can't say that's what happens the urinary urinary tract infection is that sort of the only kind of indicator that somebody might have um kidney infection pain in your kidneys pain in your kidneys a lot yeah uh, yeah, if you're not drinking enough, um, they're, they're over urine. Does that make a difference? You know, like they say, we should drink so much water. Yeah, that the color of the urine when you're in early stages. For me, I didn't really notice any difference. If I was if I was honest, um, now I notice the difference that if it's clear, clearish, light yellow tones is good. You've drunk enough. If it's dark um, and smelly, you've got an infection. If it's frothy, it's full of proteins. The research, if somebody wants to sign up to the research, is that available in um, every single hospital or is it somebody from kidney? You have to click on... How does that work? Yeah, you have to just click onto the Kidney Research UK uh, site and you can register your interest to take part in research, yeah. Okay, that's good for um, our audience to know that. And um, your family, you said that you are from Bangladesh? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so tell us, like, you mentioned that there might 
be a genetic reason for this yeah. um, uh, the reason i say that is in Bangladesh communities kidney disease is very very common high blood pressure kidney disease and diabetes are one of the things that is quite um common in Bangladeshi and Pakistan communities because i came here when i was five so i don't have a lot of memories i don't know why it's really bad um i have one memory of my auntie going off into a room every day uh, and I think she went to dialyze, but no, nobody ever, you know, spoke about it. But I know she had kidney disease because I was told when I was older. Right. So that's the. That's the link. Yeah. There's nobody else that has it. What's your um, kidney function? What percentage is it at? It's floating between 15 and 16. So your uh, severe loss of kidney function to kidney failure. Yeah. You mentioned stages. Can you just explain that a little bit? There's other five or six stages. They tend to start at stage two. They don't really recognize anything before that. Um, so stage two, it, I was I was diagnosed at stage two A slash three, and I was hovering between the two for many how, years. How is that determined? That's determined with your kidney function, your eGFR. Um, and your creatinine level and your urea level. One of the nurses said, you've just got to worry about your EGFR, which is your function of your kidney. So I floated between 2A and 3 for quite some time. Where are you at at the moment? My blood test from November uh, 2019 uh, to my blood test in August um, showed um, 33% decline. That's massive, but was there a, does there need to be a reason for that? I mean... All I can think of, I mean, he said to me, is there anything going on? I said, well, I've moved house. I'm not, I'm not stressed about that. Um, um, and I'm, um, I said, I was stressed at work during Christmas. I hurt my back. He said, no. He said, I can't. He, could, he didn't know. There's no, like I said, this is why we need research. This is why we, yeah, research is important into the disease yeah. to understand why the kidney decides to behave all of a sudden and go, see later, I'm going down, yeah. you know. So, um, yeah, it was a massive shock. I mean, moving forwards then, do you need treatment? I'll be going on dial dialysis. I went through, to the. I was then referred to the transplant team. Any dialysis patients will sit there for four or six hours on a machine um, or sometimes overnight, you know, so they can have a nocturnal dialysis and it filters the blood black back into the body. So it's doing the job of a kidney, essentially. Yes, it uh, enables me to function. Um, with my condition with FSGS, there is no cure. I have been told that even if I get a kidney transplant, FSGS will, there is a strong chance it may come back. Oh, you're minute. kidding. Yeah. Well, that is, must be so disappointing to have found that out. Yeah, I was gutted when they told me that. I was like, what? I said, so, I said, yeah. so seriously, I'm probably better off staying on dialysis. And they said it depends how you cope with it. Some people actually choose to stay on dialysis. They don't want the op. It's a very difficult journey because it's not, it it's, it's forever then. For me, I'm, I'm open to all options. I want to live. So it's a no brainer for me. If it was the other way around and somebody needed my kidney, I would just say, yeah, have my spare because I don't think like that. Um, I've always been brought up to think that you help, help one another, you know? Um, so 
And I know why people think it's very, very, it's a very, very big ask. I know that it's a big ask. I'm thinking of the kids for the future because my kids are mixed race. So their, their genetics will be even more rare. So their kidney matches will be harder to find. So Tell us about kidney matches. We work on um, HLA matches. So you have blood group first and then the HLAs. You have 100 HLAs. They're markers from that, that comes from your blood and tissue. Um, that's the tissue marker, actually. So your blood is, I'm, I'm blood group AB positive, which means that I can receive any blood group. And then what they will do is match up a person's HLA, which is the tissue match. From 100, you need to have, let's say 100, I'm just guessing, um, you need to have six, six indicators that are identical, identical to you. And even if they match, there is a chance that your body could reject that foreign body. Is there any other alternative treatment other than just a replacement to a, to a kidney Asia. Dialysis, no, that's it. And even then, like I said, after the, after you've had a transplant, your journey doesn't finish there. Your journey will continue for life because you could, um, the, the, the debate we have and what we're trying to educate people is and step forward to become more living donors is living donor, um, kidneys have a survival rate and, um, better than a deceased donor. So from a deceased donor, we have like a four to six hour window of implantation to get it from whomever it's coming from to the patient. And it has to have checks once it's in the hospital. So imagine the anxiety and the stress of a patient waiting. You've had the call. You could go straight there. You could be waiting in theater. And at the last minute, that kidney, there could be a tiny problem with it. It's heartbreaking. Are you on a waiting list? What's happening with that now in terms of moving forward? I'm campaigning for to find a living donor, but I work with, uh, I volunteer with um, Kidney Research UK and to talk about it. And to be, that's why I became a peer educator. And I have the support from ACLT uh, as well. I work with them um, with, with stem cell and don- organ donation side. So I'm an advocate to talk about it because when you hear from somebody real like myself, it's it becomes real that's why we're talking about it's a hidden disability people think i look normal but i actually struggle on a daily basis i asked for a hysterectomy and they wouldn't give me one because um they said that this is really useful that the ovaries of uh, release and even up to menopausal age they release the vitamin d into your bones they produce vitamin d for you for your bones so you need that and i was like god like i need a hole in the head the so you've spoke spoken about the matching of the kidneys but i want to hear a bit more about what you're doing about um advocating within the bame communities Uh, like why is that important it's important um because the NHS have um, lots of indicators and surveys and research to show that the, there are um, in black ethnic background, Bangladeshi, Pakistani and South Asian communities, there are less, um, uh, there are more people that are opting out 
in those communities since um, Max and Kira's law came in. Now, we believe a lot of it is probably from fear and lack of education. And some of it is personal choice. A lot of it is questionable whether in Islam, whether it's permissible. Yes, it is. It's absolutely fine. But the wording of donation um, in, interprets to the Muslim communities that it's it, it, that it's not permissible. It, it, you know, so they see it as that it's not allowed. What's awareness like for that? Not a lot. Mm. Not enough. People aren't aware of it it's because we haven't talked about it. Uh, and it's a big ask, isn't it? Big ask. They, in America, studies have shown in America uh, that they call it the big ask. What is the recovery time like for a donor? So how long does the operation take and how long would it be before they could get back? Um, so the donor's operation would probably be anything between two to four hours. If, it, if It's two, usually two hours if it's straightforward, but we they tend to say two to four hours. Now, a, a transplant um, operation could be anything from... Uh, six hours uh, to longer and I don't want to say how longer it just depends on the individual patient so and the recovery time could be anything from for the donor is usually two to three weeks sometimes less if they're fit and healthy and able to because they get you up they get you up straight away same as the um, transplant you know when you've had a transplant they want you up within a few hours can I ask you about the sunflower yes so you you use one so i've got two of the two of the lanyards and i keep always losing the um the cards <laughs> i'm always forever replacing them so to someone who's considering using a sunflower you know what would you say to them if you are considering getting a sunflower card it's probably one of the little life-saving tools you will carry with you and um, if you choose to share your um, details on the back of it, um, that is important too. That is a personal choice. Do you think awareness is better? Is it, is, it, is it something that's growing, do you think, in the right way? The awareness of the sunflower, people um, are more aware, yeah. Um, I talk about it all the time. I always tell people you, you need one because you've got you hobbling. They need to know that you're hobbling. If you fall, if you're out of breath, you need one. Um, you can just get a simple plain one. You don't have to have one that's labelled. Oh, I don't want anyone to know that I've got this. So they don't need to know that. They need to yeah. know that you've got something else underneath. I tell people about the car stickers um, because that is really, really important. So people with invisible disabilities should be on that kind of priority list. What do you... Um, hope the future holds for you? I hope I get a chance of uh, being able to see my kids uh, get married and live their careers to the full. That's it. I, I'm, I'll just be humbled if I get a second chance at life. Um, so have you got any advice for somebody who is on this journey? Never be afraid to ask questions, whether it's to the nurses um, your consultants and um, any of the support groups reach out um, somebody will answer the question um, and educate yourself about your condition it's helped me process the journey better I know I can understand it so I don't panic it's as simple as that if I understand something my I can deal with it better mentally if I don't understand something I go panic mode so that's probably a lot of people um so 
don't be scared of asking the tough questions. Thank you. And uh, thanks for taking the time. I know that you're not feeling well. You've had lots going on in your personal life. um, And it was really kind of you to still carve out a bit of time for us to have this conversation and to help educate other people who either have kidney disease or don't have kidney disease, because it's important that everybody um, understands what what the kidneys do for us like you said we will put in the show notes the link to uh, kidney research uk so that people can find out more and can also find out about becoming a donor if they are interested in doing that if you'd like to share your sunflower story or conversation please email conversations at hiddendisabilitystore.com find out more about us or listen to this recording again by checking out our insights page at hiddendisabilitystore.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Please help, have patience, and show kindness to others, and join us again soon. Making the invisible visible with the Hidden Disability Sunflower.